Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the A to A show. I'm Felipe Segura, joined here with the usual crew, Joey Friddle. How are we doing, guys? Henry Maziriegos. Uh, what's up, what's up? And welcome back to the show, all the way from Los Angeles, California, Christian Estrick. What's good, what's good? All right, guys, so we do have some official announcements to bring out. You know, we haven't uploaded a podcast in a while, but we're going back to Argentina, going back in two weeks um, from when we're right now recording. And we're really excited to go. Um, on the docket, we're going to go down to, we're going to get in through Buenos Aires, um, leaving from New York on the 13th of August or the 12th, and then 12th, land there yeah. on the 13th. Yeah. And then we're going to be in Bariloche, Argentina, that area, Patagonia, and end up in San Martin de los Andes, uh, helping with the basketball part of the program, where we're looking forward to implementing and adding our formation and educational programs to the part of Crescer that is down there, which is right now solely basketball. And after that, we're going back to San Juan, you know, the old stomping ground, as yeah. they say. Um, what was it called? The Promised Land? The center of the universe. Yeah, the yeah we call the it universe. the center of the universe that's out that's there. That's what they call it, right? <laughs> yes, they do call that. It's a, it's a little jingle, a little yeah, song a little that they song, have yeah. um, where they, they call it the center of the universe. Yeah. But I guess it's all subjective. So, um, But yeah, we're going back. We're going to be visiting essentially every community we've worked through in the past. So make sure to follow us on Instagram um, to see those all those updates. We'll have tons of content when we're down there. But we're really excited. Um, right now, we have two programs running, one in Valle Grande and one in Quinto Cartel. Um, right now, they're kind of a mixture of basketball and educational programs, so building virtues in sports, teamwork for through basketball, and then developing those educational and nutritional aspects um, through the classroom, through tutoring, and through mentoring. So I'm excited. What are you guys looking forward to doing Looking forward to parts of the trip. What, what are you guys feeling? I'm, I'm excited to go back. It's been, what, two years now since we've gone. COVID, you know, obviously made things difficult, especially with uh, going back and it being an international trip. You know, you, you not only have to deal with restrictions and regulations within the United States, but also uh, the ones in Argentina as well. And maybe other countries, you know, a lot of times we've flown through Chile and stuff like that. But, like, now... it everything worked out we're going back so i'm excited because it, it's 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 a, it's different being like boots on the ground you know so what about you jay oh yeah i'm excited i'm excited just to get my hands dirty again i mean it's good and all we had we had a couple of fun how many fundraisers have we had like since we've been down two we've had two to, those are great and all, but there's nothing like being down there and being with the kids. Like that just brings out, brings out a whole different side of me that gets me excited. So yeah, boots on the ground, get my hands dirty. I'm ready. Here you go. What about you, Christian? Yeah, I. It's been so long. It's been over two years now since we've been down there, and I'm just excited to kind of see the new energy that we can put out there. Um, two, two years is a lot of time to think about our mission with uh, Aid Argentina and think about how we want to implement things. So 
um, we're coming down with a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and yeah, we're just very excited to uh, implement the things that we've been working on. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's crazy to think like living here in the US, we kind of talk about the times before COVID as if it was so long ago, you know, and, and that was the last time we went down there. And obviously the charity runs without us down there, right? Like there's the day-to-day -day operations, right? It's not just us, you know, flying down and, and doing activities for a few days and then leaving, right? Things have been going on. So I, for me, I'm personally just excited and really curious to see how things have changed because things have absolutely changed here in the United States, right? Um, how we treat day-to-day -day everything. And so in Argentina, it's a completely different ballpark, ball game. Um, so I'm excited, curious, scared almost in, in a certain sense, you know, like how, how are the operations going to be moving along? How are the, the children going to be affected by COVID-19? What, what type of new levels of stress or different structural changes occur well, yeah, after COVID, econo right? Economically. Yeah, been yeah, economically. I mean, Argentina has not been doing hard. well. Yeah. I remember mm. the first year that we went down, the U.S. dollar was um, uh, it was one U.S. dollar to like twenty seven Argentin uh, Argentinian pesos, which was what two thousand fifteen was our first year. Yeah. And now it's um, like one to over one hundred and thirty right now. Officially, yeah, yeah, officially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've been hurting economically. I mean, the almost you know the whole world's been been hurting, but they've been hurt especially hard since 2015. And unfortunately, you know, it hasn't gotten better. Um, and what our goal and our objective to do is to go down there and have whatever impact that we can have, um, especially for such a country that's really been going through it of late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know if you guys saw my news, but I read something like... Argentina's having this farmer protest, the same one that's going on in the Netherlands. Argentina's happening, so I'm sure maybe the news hyperbolizes some things, but I don't know. We'll see when we get down there. I know they're hurting. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough, and, and I think one thing that, like, I said scared, right? I don't know if I'm going to put scared is the right word, but, you know, we've been spending the last few months planning this trip out, um, being very diligent about everything, right? But it is one of those things that, like, we're only there for 10, 11 days. And so when we're down there, you know, it's back-to-back-to-back-to-back meeting, right? Um, and so, you know, it's like a lot of things coming at you because at the one time you're trying to have exposure to the children that you're helping out, right? Trying to get to know them, see how their lives have progressed from the last time that you saw them. You know, we'll be seeing kids that were six, seven years old, now I'm going to be nine, ten, right? Making sure that, you know, or, or seeing the changes in their ability to read, to write. I mean, we saw kind of how far back they were initially when we got there. And so we're really excited to see how those things have changed. Um, and obviously we're looking at, you know, progress, scores, things like that from out here. So we see the metrics. So we see that they're improving, right? But, uh, you know, there's a lot that you don't know about how, how are they doing emotionally and things like that. And I think when we're there, we're really just going to have to be there 
get that vibe, get that idea of what's going on. And then also, you know, we're having meetings with different officials, administrators, different people in the charity telling us all the different little problems and, and doing a lot of think through. So that's, that's for me, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's going to happen, but, uh, I don't know. We're, we're excited, excited to go. Not a lot of sleep, a lot of work, but I think for us, I mean, this is, this is what we, we do it for, you know? Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. We definitely anticipate that. Cause it's, you know, it's always, we, we go down and then maybe forget to do one thing and you don't want to get that regret. So it's like, while we're down there, put in as much time, you know, cause we're, we only have like week and a half down there do as much as we can so then we don't have when we get back oh we forgot to i don't know take these sets of pictures stuff like that and so yeah the more yeah. time we can spend on the ground you know sleep when i'm dead sort of thing yeah i mean it's not even it's not even just like the pictures right like because you, you you can say like oh like why why do you even have to go down there right like you can get someone to send you videos photos which we do i mean mm -hmm. we have we get a lot of content from what's going down there and, and, and seeing what's happening, right? But at the same time, like, we go down there to get the real in-person perspective of, of, of how things are developing. Um, and I think that that's kind of been a key to our success over the, over the past few years. It's just really being there human with everything, right? Right. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm looking at the agenda right before me and... Um, we're going to San Martin right off the bat. This is sort of like a new area for us. We haven't been there, so I think we should explain why we're not going right to San Juan and acting there. Why San Martin first? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, just to give a little bit perspective for our listeners, right? San Martin is south of San Juan, so it's a little bit farther down. It's Patagonia. Um, for some of you, you might yes. have only known Patagonia for its, its jackets, brand. for its brand. <laughs> We we're going to the headquarters. It's crazy that a mount a mountain range was named after a brand name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not actually the mountain range. It's uh, it's, it's the region. region. The region. The region. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, region yeah. of like three provinces. Did you um, know that though? That the brand. Uh, yeah. No, that the the region was named after the brand. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you did there. All right. Well, yeah. I guess they didn't know that. You know? American capitalism's really <laughs> figured it out. You know. <laughs> um, but no, I mean. It's, it's south in Argentina um, because we have the hemispheric change, right? You usually think of colder being more northern regions, but since we're in the southern hemisphere, the more south you go, the colder. So it's going to be pretty much... Uh, snow-capped. Snow-capped is exactly where I was looking for. And yeah, I mean, the communities that we're going to be helping out, and Crescer has traditionally been helping out in Patagonia, has been indigenous communities. So... Uh, I think in um, the United States, right, ma majority of the indigenous communities, they're pretty sprawled out, but like in the West Coast area. Yeah, it's like or Montana, of, Dakotas. Yeah, right. So in, in Argentina, a lot of those more indigenous communities are in the South and in the far North, right? Um, and Crescer does activities all the way up in, I think they're stock of, they're going for the first time now in Misiones, which is like where the Iguazu, Catarata de Iguazu is like the Iguazu Falls when the, uh, biggest waterfalls in the oh, world, yeah. right? That is also very indigenous heavy communities. Um, but for right now, the education part seems to move a little bit slower uh, than the basketball part of the program, just because things have to be a little bit more fine-tuned, right? Uh, it's easier to, to set up a basketball court and get kids playing 
And I think that in some ways that's already setting up, you know, kind of paving the road for the education part. Um, but, you know, the basketball part of the of Corsair has moved and expanded a lot quicker than the educational part. Um, and so this is us kind of, in a certain sense, catching up, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, Christian, what do you think mainly about that difference in easily implementing the basketball side as opposed to the educational side? Yeah, I mean, well, the one thing is, is that basketball is a very, um, it's, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's not a, it's not a 10 year sort of formation that goes on. You know, you can, I mean, it is obviously to make it to the NBA, it's a lifetime formation, but you can go to different places and you can teach them basketball and you can really teach a lot of kids and give them the fundamentals of playing a sport like that within the first, you know, probably you can do it within weeks, probably at least giving them the fundamentals. Um, and then, you know, telling people, okay, um, bringing in maybe one coach in the area or something like that. And so you can do that and you can kind of create these little spots and foster, um, the skills that way whereas with education it's it it's very you know these are morals they're um it's a whole psychological mindset it's a whole um it's a whole lifestyle that has to kind of be arranged and you know that can take years you know it can take it can take uh years it can take obviously decades to really like educate somebody in a specific manner and what we're you know we started aid argentina in 2015 and um you know it takes it takes a lot of time it's just not easy as something like that where you can teach a skill like that education in some ways it is a skill but it's not as easily learned as like dribbling a basketball um it takes a lot of you know practice like in terms of like mental practice and and getting the reps in that way yeah it's also like they're just kids like remember these are kids and you give them the option would you rather play basketball choose yeah, a sport or fun educate yourself they're gonna choose basketball 10 times out of 10 so yeah yeah and, and you know one thing i think is also interesting is with basketball it's a very universal sport right like any kid you throw a ball in front of them they want to play like they want them to do sports, right? Um, I've had the privilege of being able to study in places like Hong Kong. Everyone had a basketball jersey from the NBA. Everyone loved basketball. Everyone wanted to play. The courts were full in all the public parks, right? Um, but when you talk about education, and especially what we're doing, and I think what makes us unique, but also makes it require a little bit more time to get everything right, you know, is that we work with communities. And so we look at the problem straight up from the outside and then go through into the inside and say, okay, what are the, some of the problems that are facing this specific community? Is it drugs? Is it lack of resources, which it usually is, or is it violence, right? And so all these different communities, Quinto Cartel and Valle Grande are two completely different communities, right? Um, you know, and so when we're looking at education, each one has to be specialized. When we're going down more to Patagonia, the education programs have to be a little bit more ta tailored to Aboriginal communities that are in Indian populations that already, you know, have a very different state of mind from the mainly Bolivian and Peruvian immigrants that consist that are in these smaller Argentine 
um, communities in San Juan, right? Um, and so I think that that, in many ways, makes it a little bit tougher, or not tougher, but in a sense, requires more time, right? Yeah, um, I'll just add to that, that changing, you know, like, like we said, the difference between basketball and education is that, you know, we, we're really trying to, in many ways, we're not trying to come in and like, I don't want to say like change a community, but we're really trying to way like alter the way that they, that they live and, and that they grow. And that's just a super, it's a super intensive project. Um, you know, we're really there to change lives. And, th and that's not saying that basketball isn't doing that because basketball really can, and it's a skill. And, you know, maybe there will be one kid that ends up, hopefully several kids end up becoming professionals through this program. Um, but attacking an issue like poverty and lack of education is a really, really deeply rooted problem um, within within these cultures. Yeah, I think more so than just like basketball and making them pros. Like, you know, I don't think Chris Basket it would be incredible, you know, if the next Manu Ginobili came out of a Chris Air Basket program, Jazen. you know, and, you know, yeah. I, well, you know, Jazen, though, Jazen. isn't, well, Jazen isn't even in the, yeah, wasn't growing up through yeah, the Chris yeah, yeah. Air Basket, right? I mean, um, we were able to facilitate him being able to put, go to uh, America to, you know, follow, follow his dreams, right? But I think more so, it, it's starting to create these bonds of, of friendship and teamwork, right? That's something I think that we saw when we had initially kind of done the more just strictly educational processes. A lot of these communities, there's not a lot of teamwork, right? Different moms are fighting with each other, right? I mean, it's just like you and an, a bad neighbor, right? I mean, you guys are fighting, you guys don't really like each other, but you both of the, you at the same time have the same problems. Both of you want your children to succeed to live a better life than you've lived, right? Uh, and I think that that's kind of where the basketball really comes in, comes in handy, right? Yeah. It's an outlet. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah, it's more of like a, in the classroom, like learning things, and then on the basketball court, it's you're implementing all these things you're learning, communication, teamwork, like what you're talking about, Felipe. Yeah. So you it's a hands-on approach. Yeah, it all goes hand in it's, hand. It's all, yeah, because like like you said, it's not like the Cressair basket thing isn't like a feeder for the NBA per se, you know, not yet at least. But it also teaches these children like virtues and stuff through basketball as well. So, yeah, you know, one thing for me that's always that I always kind of like look to as an example of the power of sports, and I've I've seen this movie since I was very young and seen it multiple times now. It's Coach Carter. Yep. Um, I don't know. Have you have you seen it, Henry? I haven't seen have it. Have you no. seen it, Christian? I've seen like a bunch of clips. I don't think I've seen the full thing. It's always on TV. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an incredible movie. But I mean, basically, for anyone who hasn't seen it without spoiling it, the whole point is like there's a coach who goes into a, uh, you know, inner city, poor uh, public school, and he's kind of like a very difficult coach he puts very stringent requirements on the players for them to play on the team like showing up to class being in the front row getting a certain gpa 
all these things. And it's essentially, you know, as as the movie goes on and the story goes on, they start winning games because he's an amazing coach, whatever, right? But then they're not performing academically, and then it creates this whole problem where the coach doesn't want to coach anymore and whatnot. And essentially, he's doing all this because he wants to form the character. He doesn't want to just win basketball games. He he didn't have to become a coach of a basketball team in a very dangerous area with you know, which wasn't a very traditionally good basketball team, but he did it because he wanted to form the character of these people, of these young men, so that they don't go to jail, that they go to college. And he says that in the movie, right? Um, and I don't know, based on like the facts of the actual story of Coach Carter, how accurate those are, but I think that that story in itself and kind of what's always resonated with me is that an important component is you being able to talk and work with people around you and, and, and enjoying your childhood in, in a sense and let, letting it out in the right place, which is kind of like sports, right? And then the other side, which is also equally or even more important, is becoming well-educated, right? And, and being able to take that next step to go to college to break out of the, out of the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap with the two, like, I remember in TAP, Tenley Achievement Program, this inner city camp, me and Henry actually worked at over the summers in D.C. Um, you have you have education in the morning, then sports in the afternoon, and it all translates, like, learning in the classroom to, learn, to learning on the sports field. Like, there's certain acts of discipline that go hand-in-hand hand with each other, on the, whether it be in the classroom or on the sports field. Yeah, me and Joey both love uh, one philosopher, we call himself Ryan Holiday, who's oh, yeah. uh, this kind of modern stoic philosopher. And, and kind of one thing that he always kind of writes about and talks about is the like traditional stoic philosophers from Rome. They were these great thinkers, right? We read their books and whatnot, but they weren't just people who were all day, you know, in, in their uh, studies, in their studies. Like a lot of these people were track runners, um, great at all these different competitions and whatnot. And that's, and that's part of the philosophy of, of becoming some, someone great and someone who can lift others up was being able to be disciplined and show your ability to be a leader. Um, and I think that sports exemplifies that in an incredible way, right? Yeah, like what Joey was talking about, Tap, it's not only just what you're learning and being on the sports field, it's also like how you carry and compose yourself as a person. Like, you're going to be a good teammate, be a good classmate, and it's you're, like, one person. You you carry yourself in the same manner. So, yeah, it's, like, that unity of both active and, I guess, intellectual, you know? Yeah, and so I think for us, this is our first time kind of now interacting with a more of an, a, a native Indian population in Argentina. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what type of problems we're mm-hmm. going to find in these communities, yeah. right? Um, Chris Eret has runs now, I think, uh, a basketball league that puts all these kind of very remote communities and makes them play games against each other and whatnot. Cool. Um, and, you know, we're running clinics and things like that. Uh, but I'm very curious to just... So just see what, what what the differences are now, because we're we're out of this province in San Juan. Yeah. It's 
it's 800, 900 miles away um, from San Juan. So we're in a completely different terrain, uh, different type of people. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it gives you like a larger scope, bigger picture type deal, you know, because between uh, Via Navidad, one of the first places we went to, and um, Valle Grande, like kind of similar. So I wonder if by going more south, we're going to see maybe something much more different or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, again, it is one of those things that we're, we have as much information as possible from the ground. Mm -hmm. We're, we're in constant contact with our contacts down there. Right. Getting information about these communities. Right. Um, but now as we work on the educational side, you know, there's bound to be differences. And I think that that's our theory, right? This is kind of one of the big reasons why we came into a space and, and really believed that our charity was doing something that other charities weren't, which was instead of creating this one, uh, one shoe fits all kind of approach to solving problems of, okay, I'll come up with one strategy and give it to the rest of the place and that will solve all of poverty, right? Instead of doing that, you know, we're coming in and saying, well, each community, especially educationally, needs a specialized approach, needs certain things to work in a certain way if we're going to help these kids actually move out, right? Um, and so, yeah, I'm, uh, I think it's going to be different. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. What is your, what is it for you guys? Are you guys most looking forward to in San Juan itself? Going back to Via Navidad, where it all began, Valle Grande, uh, Comunidad de Fuego. What is it? I'm kind of excited to go back to Comunidad de Fuego because that was one place we we didn't really uh, go to as many times as um, Via Navidad, per se. But I felt when we went there, we had a really deep impact on... Um, the members of that community, you know, uh, it was a drug rehabilitation center for like young people to get clean, but yeah, definitely see how, how they're doing and, you know, seeing if there's anything more we can do. I mean, last time we kind of did more of a hands-on repainting the, the facilities, but maybe there's other ways we can help more, you know? Yeah. And it was so unique because it was like a rehabilitation center, right? So that isn't something that we tended to deal with educationally wise, right? Like with Valle Grande or mm -hmm. Quinto Cartel. So yeah. What about you, Joey? Um, I'd say Via Navidad, just seeing all the little kids, familiar faces again. Like each one of us has an inside joke with one of these little kids. We, we give English lessons and each year we return, they come back saying the phrase we taught them the year prior. And then stuff they learned in school that year. So it's just so awesome seeing that. So just seeing all the familiar faces, seeing new faces and making more inside jokes with them, laughing with each other and just, yeah, just a community. What about you, Christian? Yeah, so for me, um, I was going to say uh, Via Navidad. Um, and I still am very excited to go back there. But... Maz brings up a good point about um, Comunidad de Fuego. Um, and it's just the part that I kind of like, I don't know, just thinking about it now, just it's, it's um, very much, 
I think about it. Um, I think it's a little bit more like emotional and um, what's the word? It's just yeah, it's more emo- emotional Poignant. and yeah, and like direct because a lot of these people are our ages, um, and they're people that we actually like developed. You know, with the, with the kids, you develop relationships with them, but it's it's a mentor yeah. relationship. Whereas Comunidad de Fuego, you, you kind of develop friendships. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, to see, you know, obviously there's so much drug abuse in the United States. Um, but down there in Argentina, it, it, it's really sad because they don't have all the resources that we have here. Not that we've solved our drug problem at all, but it's even more... Um, bleak you know the outcome for for drug addicts down there so to see that and to see people that we really developed friendships with you know to be suffering and to 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 be you know kind of alone in the process um is is hard to see and it's it's really it means i think it means a lot to us because that's it's a very intimate thing that we're doing um and yeah, it just it, it feels very uh, yeah it feels very intimate and it feels very very personal. So mm-hmm. I I would say probably Comunidad de Fuego and just seeing people there and just seeing hopefully that they're okay. And that's gonna be you know maybe a scary part is that there are you know you know maybe some of the people there are still really struggling with whatever. So you know hopefully we hopefully we don't see. Yeah, any mm-hmm. of them, right? Yeah, that's you know, what I was gonna say. Yeah, you know, like hopefully they're out of they're they're out of rehab and stuff. So, mm-hmm. one thing I want to do is circle back to what Felipe was talking about of being quote unquote scared of going back, which talking about Navidad reminded me of this. We went down there one year. We built them a basketball court right in the middle of the community center. We came back the next year, and the government put up a fence around it. So. It's just after COVID, I wonder what other things we implemented down there. What if more red tape was added or like different different sort of um, restrictions going on. So, yeah, I am scared a little bit to see what's changed, political maneuvers or just like things implemented of just, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you know, it's not. And I think the. For us, the best part is just to be adaptable because some things are out of our control, but what we can control is us being adaptable and implementing new processes. Yeah, and, and, and that's what I really like that, actually. You know, it's it's not scared. In some, it's, like, excited in mm-hmm. a sense, too. Like, mm-hmm. we're going there, and it's going to be a war. In some way, there's going to be some type of battle that we're going to have to get through, some type of roadblock that occurs, right? Inevitably, right? This is a program... You know, in Valle Grande, it was so successful that there, there were 200, 300 kids that wanted to be part of the program, but we could only allow 80, 90, right? Dang. And, you know, it's, it is one of those things that's, there is so much, you know, demand for it. Um, and sometimes I think a program can be a victim of its own success, right? Because then the problems start erupting, people start complaining, right? And so that is something that can happen from all that I've heard and from my sources down there, people working at Chris Air full time, that hasn't been happening, right? 
but these are the type of roadblocks that you know any successful project it's not because it's never had a fault right or never had a problem it's because it was able to maneuver around the problems and so yeah i'm very curious to to see because not only do you it's this whole story and adventure of, of solving another roadblock or a problem, but you also learn from it, right? And, and I think that that's another interesting thing. Like in this journey of us starting this podcast, when we started going down in 2015, we've learned a ton, you know? Yeah. I mean, we have learned, I it's mean- It's been a lot of trial and error, you know? Yeah, and, and, and that's what I think, for me, it gives me hope, especially on the, the Crusader educational side, is that we're we're going through trial and error, no matter what, and yeah. and and we are dedicated to solving it, you know, to figure out the right push and pull, all those different dynamics, right? So, yeah, I, the I think if we if we were to to phrase this podcast in a certain sense, it's uh, excited, excited and adaptable. Yeah, yeah adaptable. You know? Yeah, like yeah. That, Jay. So, we got another big question here. I think we're all, you know. It's been on the table. No one's been able to answer it, you know. What food are you looking forward to the most when we go back down to San Juan, to San Martin? I think we, we have a little bit of a layover in Buenos Aires. So what, what are you guys looking forward to? I am very excited about, um, and it's kind of a weird reason, but the empanadas. It's a normal answer, but the weird reason is Henry actually sent a picture in our group chat the other day of some empanada spot you went to where in no my mom like went there i think with like some friends and she brought some back is that the one in tyson's no they they opened one in tyson's there might be one in tyson's but the one that uh, was in rockville it's a mendoza empanada spot in tyson's really yeah they're really good i heard about it yeah my brother went he said it was amazing it It was incredible it wasn't that oh was that I think it's this what it's the same maybe i I don't know but yeah i I I planned on going it was it was named del patio Oh, no, no, no. El Patio has been here for a while. Yeah. yeah that's uh, a lot of people, because I, I went to Argentina school here in the area. A lot of people would talk about El Patio. Oh, so. it was so good. Uh, yeah, yeah so we got to test out that Tyson spot. That's why I'm excited then. for it. I saw those and I was like, not. The, BA, the, BA, Buenos Aires style fried or, or oven? Baked. Oh, no, that's a good question. Uh, baked. Really? Like, I love the fried. Dude, the, the fried, fried empanadas. The fried man. empanadas were a I like, game I like, I like changer. The baked. The ones at El Patio are baked, right? Yeah. Yeah, I need that baked stuff. So. But I don't know. It was something about the deep, the, the deep fried ones. I mean, it's just I, like you, yeah. you bite into it and like it like snaps in your mouth and like the ham and cheese just like yeah. gooing out. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I usually tend to think anything fried is better, but also worse. Yeah. For, for you. you. <laughs> yep. But you know what? When in Argentina, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go with the unconventional answer. Um, I don't know if many people in Pepe the US pizza. No, oh, no, no, I not know, Pepe pizza, but provoletta actually. Oh, so, yeah. no, I, I like provoletta. That's yeah, really but I don't know. I, I haven't found provoletta in the U.S. I don't know if it's very well known, but what it is for you listeners, it's just a block of provolone cheese fried over oil, put with some spices, salt, pepper. I don't know what else. And it's just so simple, so good. It's a very unique. Yeah, you oh, put it on bread, eat it with chorizo. Oh, well, the crust yeah. uh, it gets from the, the skillet. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, That's so. like really good. Yeah, what about you? For Henry? you. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited for the Quilmes. 
the Argent uh, the the, uh, the native Argentinian the national. It's the it's the Bud Light of uh, Argentina. No, Argentina. it's not just the Bud Light. It is the it is the Budweiser, the salt of the, the, salt of the earth. <laughs> yeah, or maybe yeah. or maybe the Patagonia honey. Oh, the uh, honey yeah. beer. Yeah, delectable. They had they had last time we went to uh, Bariloche, we did a little like like a it was like a, a lake tour or something like that. And we yeah. like stopped at this place and it was really good. But food wise, I would probably say I really like the Milanesas. Those are really oh, good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like really, it's like a really hearty meal, you know, after a hard day of work. That's a country fried steak yeah. in America, yeah. in English. Yeah. Yeah. And don't they, don't they do it different in different parts of Argentina? Or is it all the same? I I'm, think, I'm, thinking veal. Of, I'm thinking of something. Yeah, like, yeah. you use yeah. veal or you put chicken. Oh, yeah, chicken yeah. or veal, yeah. The veal is really good. Yeah. yeah, for me, I'm looking forward to the, first of all, wine. Malbec. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, my father is from Mendoza, which is the capital of wine in Argentina. Um, so I'm very excited to 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 go back, you know, and get yeah. some good wine. Um, but for me, I, I have to agree, it's just the empanadas. But for me, it's the fried empanadas. Like yeah. I'm we looking gotta, we forward. Gotta do, we gotta do some some scores down there. Yeah, we'll, we'll put up some. Put it maybe make we'll, it we'll a do to a TikTok. No, or oh. we'll put it up on the Instagram story. Yeah, like when yeah. we try a new one and give a little rate. Oh yeah, we'll do a little pizza, you know, pizza review, similar for empanadas. Yeah, yeah. Or or maybe not even a video. You just put a picture, name of the place, and score. Yeah. Do a little quick. You know? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So for all our Argentinian viewers. Yeah. Or anyone else, who, you know. Yeah. Or if you want to go to Argentina, yeah. now you're gonna. Or if you know, if you spot. if you for some reason know any good empanada spots in Argentina. Hit the DMs. Let yes, us know. Hit the DMs. We'll, we'll definitely scope it out. All right. And I think that with that, yeah. we're Thank done Thank you for today. joining us, Christian. It was awesome Thank having you. Thank you. I'm very, very happy to be back. Yeah. I mean, we're. I think we're going to try to do an episode or two while we're down there with some people maybe. In yeah. Argentina. No. Oh, 100%. Yeah. De- definitely do a couple interviews. Yeah. I think um, we're still trying to work out logistics on how we're going to get the equipment down, but we're definitely yeah. <laughs> going to be coming live well, maybe not live, but recording on the ground from Argentina, talking to different people. I don't know, Victoria, other people from the foundation, maybe people from around the promises we're going to. Yeah. So with that, thank you all for joining. I hope you have a great day. And uh, that, peace out. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. you. Godspeed.